It is such a joy to be here this morning and uh, to see faces I don't get to see every week. Um, so I am, I am just thrilled to be here. All right, I'm going to do with you what we do every Thursday morning. I assume we do it on Saturday mornings also, and that is take out your notebook. And uh, we're going to go over our Wellspring purpose and disciplines. So our purpose in meeting together is to equip and encourage one another as women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God so that we live out gospel-transformed lives. Thus, for the purpose of strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. Tom was with you the last time to talk with you about how to shepherd your hearts throughout the day. Are you remembering that connection between shepherding your heart by being with God in in his word throughout your day and living out gospel-transformed lives and how that affects the church? When we choose other things over shepherding or guarding, caring, watching over our hearts, It doesn't merely affect our own hearts. It affects others as well, as we're going to see in our lesson this morning. So let's stop and evaluate. How are you doing with the disciplines in light of our purpose as you remember your role in strengthening the church? Do you need to be encouraged? Do you need to be challenged? Do you need some spurring on? Do you need to be reminded once again what our heart needs most? Discipline number one tells us that we are to shepherd our hearts with the word of God in order to meet with and love and worship and be in awe of and become more faithful to the God of the word. That starts by being consistently in the Word. Is this becoming a natural part of your day? Do you wake up in the morning longing to be with your Savior? Do you look forward to that time with Him, knowing the treasure that you'll find there? If not, are you disciplining yourself to get into the Word? To be with God? If so, are you shepherding your heart to Him? What are you doing as you're reading God's Word? Are you drawing near to Him to grow in your love and your worship of Him? What about the rest of your day? Are you dwelling on, meditating on what you've read? Are you caring for your heart? with the treasure that you found in being with the Lord that morning? Are you finding that the time that you've spent with him is causing you to better see your sin? And then are you quick to confess and repent from it and remember the sacrifice that Christ paid for that sin? Is it causing you to grow in your appreciation of the grace that he gives? Ladies, if we are not doing this on a regular basis, we are 
like a dry well. We will be women who will not have much to offer others. How can we strengthen the church if we are not drawing from him? We can't. And so we must be in his word and we must be purposeful in caring for our hearts with the wonderful treasures that we find there. Discipline 2 then shows us that the next place that needs to be most impacted outside of our own hearts with the word of God and with God himself is with those with whom we live. It's important to remember that these are the relationships that we are to care for first, that the time spent with our Lord overflows into the way that we live and care for those in our homes. And because of our time with the Lord, our hearts then are prepared. Our thinking is in alignment with God and his word. And Christ is seen in us in such a way that it impacts those in our home. Our children, our husbands, our roommates, our parents, our grandchildren. They ought to gain a sense that their home is a place that is centered on the gospel. Now, we all know that that doesn't just happen, right? That will only occur when we are thinking on the gospel and when we are purposeful in bringing it into our household relationships. It's a purposeful choice. And then from there, discipline three flows. The woman who shepherds her heart and cares for those in her home will also have a positive impact on those in the church and outside of the church. She will be impactful because she has been feasting on God's word and because she is a woman who knows her God. Because that is her intention, to grow in her knowledge of him as she reads his word. She will be impactful because she brings love and grace and truth to them. It's important that we be reminded of these things this morning and keep them in view as we look at our lesson. So would you turn with me to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 38 through 42 this morning. As you turn to our passage, I have some questions that I want you to ponder. Do you ever feel that in your ministry, in your service, either to your family or to those outside of your home, seems to involve endless preparations and tasks? Are you ever distracted by all of the demands and preparations required of you? Do you ever feel alone in your care, in your service to others? Do you ever feel frustrated with the people that God has placed in your life as your ministry? Do you ever feel that no one really values or is sensitive to to the many demands of your life? Again, whether inside your home or outside of it. And do you ever tend to judge others for being oblivious to the many demands that are placed on you? Do you ever wonder how you will get done everything that needs to be done? And 
Have you ever felt that your service reflected your love for Jesus, but at some point you lost sight of him, the one that you ultimately desire to serve? If so, then you will be able to relate to Martha. And because it's so easy for all of us to relate to her, we need to hear Jesus' words this morning as he addresses both Mary and Martha. So let's look at our passage. Starting in verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So as we look into the lives of these two women and think about Jesus' words to them, we're going to find this morning that he has much to reveal to us about our own hearts and what it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. So I want to begin this morning by looking first at what this passage is not about, because it will help us clarify Jesus' intent in the passage and not minimize what it has to reveal to us about our own hearts. So first of all, this passage is not about personality types. For those of us maybe who are a little bit older, I'm sure we've all heard it taught this way. I know I have. It's not what Jesus is teaching here. And the fact that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his words does not mean that she was unwilling to serve. The point of this passage is not to help us learn how to be balanced between Martha-type ministry and Mary-type solitude. And it is not that we should be unconcerned about serving. But rather, in this passage, Jesus focuses on the choices we make. He focuses on the choices we make. In verse 42, Jesus said that Mary had chosen the good part. And the implication is that Martha had not. So let's look at these women, Mary and Martha, two sisters. Martha is the older and Mary is the younger. They have a brother, Lazarus, who will soon die and then be back brought to life uh, by Jesus. You saw that if you did your homework in John chapter 11. And perhaps Jesus, um, in his interaction with these two sisters here in Luke 10, is preparing them for that very trial that they will soon face. Now, I know to many of us that this is a very familiar narrative in the Word. Who doesn't identify with Martha, with all of the work that's before her? 
And who doesn't admire Mary and her great devotion to the Lord? However, this morning, as we look into the lives of these women, I pray that you will look at them with fresh eyes and that you will look carefully at the words that Jesus speaks to them. We will find in them what will strengthen our service and what will distract us from a service that's honoring to God. As we do, I believe we will gain new insight into discipline number one and its interconnectedness with disciplines two and three. Why we must never neglect bringing our hearts to the word of God and remember his truths throughout our day. Now, as you look at that passage, you'll notice, first of all, that there's no mention of servants, which would have been very common in that day, implying that all of the household responsibilities of hospitality fell to Martha and to Mary. And remember, they didn't have all the conveniences that we do do today, so it was a lot of work. So let's look at verse 38, and in this verse, we'll see a heart to serve. That's the number one on your outline. Now, as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So Jesus apparently met Martha somewhere in the village, perhaps in the marketplace as she was getting ready for her day. And when Martha saw Jesus, she welcomed him into her home. Do you see Martha's good intentions? She welcomed him into her home. She wanted to serve him. Now that obviously included a meal and most likely provided a place for him to stay while he was in that village. Now the idea of being welcomed means that she received Jesus into her home for the purpose of showing hospitality and kindness to him. That word communicates that she wanted to shower him with goodness and kindness as she met his needs. That desire was good. I believe it is evidence that Martha loved Jesus. And yet... There is a great warning here. We can have the best intentions to serve and to extend kindness to those in our homes, to those outside of our homes, but good intentions do not guarantee a good outcome. We must not be deceived into thinking that good intentions are good enough because we all have the potential to undo our good intentions if we are not careful to watch over our hearts as we serve others. We must guard against that undoing by choosing the one thing that Jesus said is necessary. So now let's take a look at Mary and learn more about her choice. We see in Mary a heart Engaged. That's number two on your outline. She, Martha, this is verse 39, had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Did you catch the simplicity of what we're told about Mary? She, Martha, had a sister called Mary. 
That's all the information that is needed for the setting of this verse. Because all of the weight is on the action that follows. Who is seated at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. This sister sat at the feet of Jesus. Mary desired to be with Jesus. She was taking full advantage of the opportunity that she had to listen to him. The Son of God himself was a guest in her home. Now, as a woman, Mary had every cultural reason not to be seated at Jesus' feet listening to him. She had every reason to be with Martha instead. A woman serving a rabbi in that day was her common role. But here, Mary is assuming and preferring the role of a pupil, a student under a rabbi. That was unusual, and it helps us understand her strong desire to be with Jesus. Now notice that this action on the part of Mary is all that we read about in in this passage. And yet, it is the main point of the passage. Mary understood the priority and the privilege of being with Jesus. When she saw that Jesus was about to speak, Mary turned away from everything else to sit and to be absorbed in what he had to say. This was a woman who was shepherding her heart toward Jesus Christ in order to take in his words, because they revealed more of him to her. Now that takes purposeful choice. She chooses to be free from distractions, even the good distractions, in order to choose the best. Mary understood that nearness to Jesus was her good. She was very intentional in her choice. And we must learn to be intentional in choosing to be near to Jesus as we take in his word and allow it to affect our hearts. This will happen when we, like Mary, understand the treasure we find in knowing him. Now, let's compare that with Martha. We see in verse 40, a heart distracted. That's number three on your outline. This verse begins with, but Martha. When we see the word but, we know that there's a contrast coming. We just read that Mary was seated at Jesus' feet. But Martha was distracted. What a contrast See, to be distracted means to be drawn away. Martha had become overoccupied and too busy with her preparations that she allowed them to draw her away from Jesus. The word distracted here is passive. It's a passive verb, meaning that she didn't fight against it. Martha did not bring herself to sit at the feet of Jesus because she allowed herself to be distracted by the preparations of a meal. 
instead of keeping the focus that she seemed to have in verse 38 when she welcomed Jesus into her home to show kindness to him, to serve him, she so quickly allowed herself to be drawn away from Jesus. In addition, Jesus described Martha as worried and bothered in verse 41. To be worried means to be anxious or troubled about something, to be overwrought, on edge, fretful. Hmm. Can any of you identify with that? I certainly can. And there's more. The Greek word for bothered is turbazo. It's the same word from which we get our English word turbulent. Gives us a pretty good picture of what's going on in Martha's heart, doesn't it? Martha is troubled and all stirred up. She is now visibly showing her agitation. Worried shows us that there is an inward fretting, while bothered shows us outward agitation that led her to even more excessive activity. And what is it that had Martha so distracted and worried and bothered? Let's look again at verse 40. It's got to be something big, right? But Martha was distracted, what? With all her preparations. It's so important as we look at this verse that we again understand that it is not wrong for Martha to serve Jesus. It's not wrong for us to serve those in our household, in our body, to serve our neighbors. Serving and working hard in service is good. In the early church, women are known for their service. Paul in Romans 16, 1 and 2 commends Phoebe who was a servant and a helper in the church and to Paul personally. In Romans 16.3, Paul refers to Priscilla as his fellow worker in Christ Jesus. Acts 16.14 and 15 tells us that Lydia opened up her home and extended hospitality to Paul and to the church. In Luke 4.39, we find that immediately, I think this is so interesting, immediately after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, it says she got up and she waited on them. She served them. These women are not in any way rebuked for their service. So our passage is certainly not communicating that we should neglect extending kindness. In fact, look up just a few verses in verse 43, right before we get to our passage. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus had just taught that we need to love others. How? By our actions. You see that there? By serving our neighbor. Serving reflects the image of God. We were created to bear that image of Jesus as one who serves. See, hard work was not Martha's problem. It's not our problem. That's not what spoils our service. 
What spoiled Martha's service was a heart that was not anchored and steadied and fixed and riveted on Jesus and his words. Instead, we see a heart that is distracted and swept away by much, much preparation. Look again at verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted by all her preparations. Literally, she was distracted by much service. Jesus said to her in verse 41, you are worried and bothered about so many things, meaning more than what was necessary. Martha put an exaggerated value on excessive service, and she was distracted by what she thought she needed to do. Now, we all know that we can miss the heart of serving our families and others by being lazy, right? But we can also miss the right heart of service by being distracted and by thinking that that we must do too much, by doing too many things, things that are unnecessary. When our hearts are swept away by preparations, and they are not anchored to Jesus, that is when we lose our focus. That is what happened to Martha. She was distracted by her excessive service, and in doing so, she totally missed what was necessary. She missed the good part. She missed the opportunity to learn from the one she was trying to serve. And we, like Martha, may very well become distracted and worried and bothered by an inaccurate view of what we think we need to do. But that's not all we can get carried away with, is it? Let's stop and think for a second and ask ourselves, what other things can tempt us to sinful distraction and worry? Is it when we're trying to please man other than God? That could have been a temptation for Martha, right? Being concerned with what people thought about her service certainly can be a distraction for me. Proverbs 29, 25 calls that the fear of man And it says the fear of man brings a snare. It easily ensnares us into the same kind of turmoil that we see in Martha. We can become prone to distraction when we are selfish, wanting to serve ourselves in any situation. When we want things done our way and in our timing. And we want everyone else to be as committed to serving our agenda as we are. We are also susceptible to becoming excessively concerned with what others are doing or not doing, maybe to the point of judging them or being embittered toward them when we are not fixing our eyes on our Savior and the privilege of knowing and serving him. We must guard against becoming more concerned with what we get done than with how we get it done. And we must guard against the temptation 
to use intimidation or manipulation or nagging because because getting something done becomes more important than being like Christ in that moment. Ladies, if we desire to grow in grace, to grow in holiness of life, we must be on guard so that we are not carried away by things that take our focus off of Jesus. When we don't guard our hearts and we allow ourselves to become distracted and swept away from Jesus, that is when 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 we will miss out on what Jesus calls the good part. When we do, rather than displaying our love for Jesus, our service becomes a display of misplaced priorities. It becomes a burden. See, working hard is not wrong. Having a heart that is swept away from the one we are ultimately serving That is terribly wrong. So let's think, whose choice was this, this distracted and worried and bothered heart? There is no one Martha can blame but herself. By not fighting against it, she chose to be distracted. And we have that same choice. We must realize that when our hearts hold weakly to Christ, it's because we choose it to be this way. Mary chose, I'm sorry, Martha chose to have a distracted, worried, and bothered heart. And it didn't stay confined within Martha. Her sinful distraction bore bitter fruit. And if our hearts are in the wrong place, they will soon produce bitter fruit as well. Let's look further at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him. Now, remember what Jesus is doing at this point. And Martha came up to him. Now, that term implies that there was a sudden suspension of her activity when she saw that her sister had left her to do all the serving alone and was just sitting there at the feet of Jesus. Martha obviously thought she had made the right choice. And Martha assumed that Jesus would have the same evaluation of the situation that she did. Once she was able to point that out to him, and that was her intent. And so Martha goes up to Jesus and interrupted his teaching. And what was on Martha's mind? Let's finish reading the verse. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Martha is looking for someone to blame. 
That's the bitter fruit we see. First, she finds fault with Jesus. Listen again to her words. Lord, do you not care? She's accusing Jesus of being insensitive. Now think about that. Do you know where this passage falls in scripture? Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. In about four months, he would be hanging on a cross. And Martha, in her self-centeredness, asks him, Don't you care? She blamed him for not caring enough about her to send Mary back in to help her with her excessive service. But rather, he allowed Mary to sit at his feet. And Martha didn't stop with blaming Jesus. She also reproached Mary for abandoning her when she said, my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. It's evident by her actions that Martha's heart was not set on being near to Jesus. All because she was distracted by all of her preparations. She was not in a place where she could even begin to evaluate her own heart. She was completely blinded to her own sin. All she could see was what she thought was wrong with those around her. Ouch. Do you see what we are all capable of? What we all have probably done? See, it'd be easy for us to stop and think, I can't believe that Martha would think so highly of her agenda that she would actually go up to Jesus and interrupt him. But you know what? The truth is, I do this. You do this. We all do this. Do you see the sin that we so easily fall into when we neglect to shepherd our hearts to Jesus continually? We can easily allow ourselves to be distracted, stirred up in our minds, carried away in our emotions by our excessive expectations of what we think needs to get done and what we expect others to do about that. And when we do, we sin right in the middle of our service. It's easy to fall into the temptation to look outside of ourselves for excuses and even assume that we know others' motives and to make accusations against them and even toward God. We see that same accusation in Mark 4. I want you to turn with me there. <coughs> We're going to look at verses 35 and 36. In verse 35 and 36, it tells us that it was evening and it was getting dark. And Jesus had just gotten into the boat with his disciples. And then let's start in verse 37. 
And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And Jesus said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Did you hear their accusation? Teacher, don't you care? See how quickly we can draw wrong conclusions about God based on our circumstances, can't we? This accusation revealed the disciples' hearts, just as it revealed Martha's heart, and often it reveals our own hearts. There is a great warning here for us. Our hearts can so easily become self-centered so focused on ourselves at the very moment that they need to be focusing on and trusting in Jesus. It shows us how critical it is for us to be soaking in his word so that we don't forget him throughout our day, so that our thoughts, our responses, our hearts reflect what is true about him. Look again at verse 40 of Luke 10. When Martha said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Martha at this point had become so self-centered. She was concerned with one thing, that she had been left alone in her excessive service. From Martha's perspective, Mary had deserted her. And there is one other thing that Martha's words reveal. When she said to Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me? See, she's indicating that Mary had been serving. But Mary, unlike Martha, knew what part of serving was necessary and then was willing to stop in order to be with Jesus. She understood the right priority. She had prepared what was necessary, but then left her service in order to listen to Jesus' teaching. But meanwhile, Martha felt entitled to Mary's help. She couldn't see that Mary had left for the good reason, the right reason. And we see that in her words when she said to Jesus, then tell her to help me. She told Jesus what to do. One commentator says that Martha took a stance over Jesus, forgetting who she was and to whom she was speaking. She forgot that she was his servant and that he was her master. At this point, Martha had become convinced that Mary should be serving 
her rather than Jesus. She felt entitled to it. Oh, do you see the pride in that? She thought she knew what was best for everyone. And just like Martha. Our sinful pride can make us susceptible to judgment and to all kinds of evil. Anger, resentment, jealousy, a critical spirit, and unkindness. It is so easy for us to get caught up in a whirlwind of things to do, isn't it? And when we do, it's we so easily forget who we are, that we are his servants, and we can forget how needy we are of him. And when we do, we lose sight that it is his strength and his words which help us persevere in our service, and that he is the one who gives us the wisdom to know what is truly important. Being with Jesus shapes our heart attitude so that we are willing to acknowledge and repent of our pride and put aside the things that are unnecessary so that our serving brings honor to him. Let's look at one last bitter fruit that we see in Martha's sinfully distracted heart. We see it in Jesus' words to her in verse 42. Let me read beginning in verse 41. But Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This tells us that Mary had chosen what had the one thing that had eternal value. But these words also reveal something very disturbing that's going on inside of Martha. Martha had become so bitter over Mary's choice that she wanted to take away from her what she had found in being near to Jesus. See, Martha was deceived into thinking that her distracted service was most important, and she began to despise her sister's wholehearted eagerness to receive instruction from Jesus because it left her alone in her distracted service. And just like Martha, our service can never be pleasing to the Lord when it is from a heart that is self-centered. See, this was Martha's heart issue. And Jesus knew that Martha's heart was not right. Now, there's no doubt that Martha loved Jesus, but she was completely blind to the sin in her own heart at this point. Her misguided idea of what it meant to serve him had to be exposed so that she could repent of it. And Jesus is faithful to do that. 
So let's take maybe about a 10-minute break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to look at Jesus' words to her. Okay, let's take a look at uh, Jesus' words. We're going to look at what Jesus had to say to Martha to expose her sinful heart, to expose her mistaken idea of what she thought it meant to serve. So we see in verses 41 and 42, a heart set right. That's number four on your outline. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The searcher of hearts knew Martha's hearts. It's obvious by her words and her actions that she is outwardly upset. But Jesus also knew what was going on inside of her. And so, like a tender parent, Jesus exposes Martha's sin and gave her the gentle rebuke that she needed. Martha, Martha. The repetition of Martha's name by Jesus reveals marked disapproval, to be sure. But it also reveals his love for her. It's intended to bring her back gently. There is a sense of tender affection and grace in Jesus' concern for Martha. She needed to be lovingly and yet firmly rebuked because she had chosen to, she had failed to choose what was necessary. So Jesus helped her understand that she had an exaggerated view of what was necessary. Proverbs 27, 6 tells us, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus' words are the balm that Martha needed. She needed to see that her heart was distracted and worried and bothered. She needed to see that she was unwilling to look within her own heart to see her sin, that in only looking outside of herself, she had been making an inaccurate diagnosis of what she sensed was wrong with those around her. Whenever we criticize others, and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we must stop and take time and examine our hearts. Perhaps in all of our busyness, we have been ignoring the Lord. See, Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but rather her problem was that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her away from Jesus. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then there is something terribly wrong with our service. There's something terribly wrong with our hearts. Jesus knew that Mary needed to understand that her motive in serving was not pure. Who was the focal point of Martha's service here? She was. 
Therefore, Jesus was not honored by Martha's service, and he had no intention of defending it. Jesus knew what Martha needed. He knew that there was only one thing needed. One thing. It was what Mary had chosen, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn from him. And we must choose to feast on his word and not allow our hearts to wander into excessive service. Now, did Martha heed Jesus' loving yet firm rebuke? We don't know exactly, but in your homework you looked up John 12, and you might have noticed in this passage that it's just six days before Jesus went to the cross. We find him in Bethany, once again eating supper, and it says Martha was serving. This time, there's no rebuke. There's no account of her going up and interrupting him. It just says she was serving. And so I think we have reason to at least hope that Martha's heart attitude had changed. And that gives us great hope, doesn't it? It reminds us of the faithfulness of our great shepherd. And then in verse 42, we see a heart that feasts. That's number five on your outline. The rest of Jesus' response commends Mary's choice when he said, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She had chosen the one thing that truly mattered. Instead of being distracted and allowing her heart to become divided, Mary chose the one thing that ended all distraction and division of her heart. She had chosen the good part. She had chosen to be near to Jesus and to take in his words. And we, too, must discipline ourselves to that. It is a choice that we make. Mary was intentional in what she chose. And if we are to choose what Jesus said is the good part, we have to plan for it. It is a commitment of time and effort. If we are to have the one thing that is necessary, then we may have to reevaluate our schedule and our priorities and make whatever changes are necessary so that we have room for this choice. Have you ever noticed that we don't have to plan for our hearts to drift? That just happens if we do nothing, right? But we do have to plan to meet with Jesus in his word. We don't have to plan for self-importance that would keep us away from the word. But we do have to plan for Jesus' importance to increase in our lives. In the midst of Mary's service, she chose something that led her from her service in order to improve her service. 
certainly her time at Jesus' feet, taking in his words, would have changed how she would have stepped back into her preparations alongside of her sister Martha, how her service would have been better, how Martha would have been ministered to by a woman whose heart had been near to Jesus. The whole atmosphere of service had the potential of being infused with the aroma of Christ. Do you see the important lesson in this for us? As his servants, we must be very wise in the use of our time in order to get our hearts ready to serve others by taking in his word, by being near to our Savior so that we can enter back into our service with a heart that is refreshed and prepared for serving others, relying on God's grace with a service that is honoring to him. What we do with our hearts every morning and throughout our day coming before God with a humble, submissive heart will make more of an impact on our service in our homes, in our small groups, in our Sunday service, in our school, in our job, than anything else we might do. This is a choice we must continually make. We all can be distracted by many things. Excessive service can be a temptation in any area of our lives. Extending care for those in our homes is right, but allowing that care to distract us from spending time with God and his word is not choosing what Jesus said was the one thing necessary. In a sermon Spurgeon gave on this passage, he said, you are not losing time while you are feeding the soul. Do we believe that? It doesn't always feel that way, does it? When our minds are focused on our list of things to do. But it's true. You are not losing time when you are feeding the soul. Martha had become a person who was interested in accomplishing, while Mary continued to be interested in a person. She was consumed with Christ. She chose to feast on his words. Mary saw Jesus for who he was. Therefore, she disciplined herself to make the choice to be near her portion. Listen to some of the verses that describe God as our portion. Hear the hope of the psalmist that he finds in knowing God in this way. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 142.5 says, I cried out to you, O Lord, I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Psalm 119.57, 
It says, the Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I have sought your favor with all of my heart. To be close to God and to have him as one's portion is to have a heart that is teachable and eager to learn. This is the single-mindedness that we see in Mary. We sense her wholehearted love for her Savior, that nothing would tear her away from him. Mary chose what would benefit her heart and what would ultimately benefit those around her. When we, like Mary, choose this treasure, we will never be disappointed. For that is a treasure that will never be taken away from us. And how do we know that? We have the privilege of being able to look back on the cross and all that Jesus accomplished there. And we need to remember that, especially in light of this passage, listen again to all that we have been warned against. We have been warned that good intentions don't guarantee a good outcome. We've seen that we can easily allow our hearts to become distracted and anxious and bothered when we are not attentive to continually shepherding them back to Jesus. We saw that we can easily misjudge what is actually necessary for service. And that when we do, we can so quickly allow that to lead us down a path to sinful destruction so that we miss the very one we are ultimately serving. And we saw that we can also allow other things to distract us from a heart that is fixed on Jesus. The fear of man or selfishness or other misplaced priorities. We were warned that if we find our hearts carried away like Martha's was, that it is because our heart, our, excuse me, but it is because our own choice was to hold weakly to Christ. And we also saw that a sinfully distracted heart bears bitter fruit, blaming self-centeredness, an attitude of entitlement, pride, judgment, and bitterness, and all the while being blind to the very dangerous place to which our hearts have wandered. We can so easily sin against those closest to us right in the middle of serving them. And so we need to heed these warnings. We need to repent where God's word exposes sin. And we need to remember in the midst of conviction that we can find encouragement. There is always hope. See, Jesus knew that we would be women just like Martha, who needed to be cleansed and forgiven and made new in him. And so he died, and he rose again for us. And we need to remember that there is no condemnation for those who are of us who are in Christ Jesus. 
we see that in how gently Jesus restored Martha. Jesus told Martha that she was worried and bothered about so many things. And you and I get worried and bothered about so many things. And so we can rejoice that Christ died for our sinfully worried and bothered hearts. And remember that if we are in Christ, we are no longer slaves to sinful worry and distraction or any of its bitter fruit. But now we have the ability to say no to sin because we are slaves to Christ. We can pursue holiness. And so even when we find that we have become distracted, we can flee right back to our master, Jesus. And we can cry out and confess that we need him. And he will be faithful to help us reorder our priorities and our hearts. I want to end with a quote from Ryle's commentary on Luke. He wrote, Mary chose what was for the benefit of her soul. She was seeking more grace. She was striving after closer communion with God and his Christ. This was the portion which she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. Those who seek such a portion will never be disappointed. Their treasure will never be taken from them. I'm going to pray. And uh, when I close, I'm just going to ask you to stay in your seat. You'll find another page. Um, I think it's at the end of your homework that has some questions on it for you to consider. So I'd like for you just to take a little bit of time and look over those questions, ponder them now for maybe about 10 minutes, and then maybe again throughout the week, throughout this busy holiday season. As you do, I pray that you'd ask God to reveal any sin in your own heart. And as you do, to remember to preach the gospel to yourself, remembering that we must never deal with our sin apart from the cross. And then Lori's going to come up, I think, and ring the bell um, and dismiss you to your discussion group. So let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We need to hear your words. Father, we're thankful for your warnings that you give us because when we heed those warnings, they keep our hearts near to you. Father, we acknowledge that we can so easily allow our hearts to become distracted and anxious and bothered when we are not attentive to continually shepherd them back to Jesus that we are so easily led down a path of sinful destruction when we really are trying to serve ourselves over others and even more importantly over you.
and that right in the middle of our service, we can miss you, the very one that our hearts desire to serve. And so, Father, we plead with you, would you help us, particularly as we enter into this busy time of year, we ask for your help to remember how much we need you, how much we need your wisdom. I pray that we would consistently be seeking you in your word and that our time with you would, would affect the way that we serve those in our home, outside of our homes, so that our serving truly would bring you glory. Father, that's our desire. And so we pray for your help. And we ask it in Jesus' name.